Welcome to another episode of Yesterday's Capers. I'm Abdullah Molim, and every week I'll be bringing you the very best shows from the past that the world has to offer. We've got game shows for you this week as we talk You're On, What Would You Do, and the British classic Get Your Own Back with the legend that is Dave Benson Phillips. And if you're a 90s British kid and you don't know this legend, then you better recognise. So, let's get started. And uh, joining me as ever, it's producer Paul. Hey man, how's it going? Yeah, I'm alright, thanks. You know what, right? It's crazy because I was really like thinking my choices in terms of doing game shows. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be probably a big spoiler, but who cares? But then I saw Dave Benson Phillips again and I thought, okay, you know what? And I just thought, you know what? All is right with the world. I've got Dave Benson Phillips. I've seen him on there. My guy. Yeah. I mean, I, I was watching this at work and then um, someone like uh, walked past my desk and they just kind of like stopped and was like, is that Dave Benson Phillips? <laughs> I was like... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Legend. I've, uh, I've reached out to his people. So please talk to me, man. You are such a legend. Dude, I would love this to happen so much. So much. And yeah, I think you're right. It is a, it's another one uh, show episode. Actually, they're not, they're not that bad. One of them, one of them isn't that bad, but one of them I just thought. Yeah, it's not that they're that bad, but I'm just going to say it, man. Get Your Own Back is in a league of its own. Like there's <laughs> the, the concept, the delivery, everything else is, uh, I, 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 I don't know what else to say. Uh. I don't know. I don't know why they brought another presenter there to do it with him. He was fine on his own. Not that I've got nothing against uh, Lisa Brockwell. I think that was her name. I ain't got nothing against you, Lisa. I've got nothing but love and respect for you. And you were great in your role. And I'm gonna let you finish. But he was. He was. He was fine on his own. He didn't need another host. But uh, we'll get into that when we talk about uh, get your own back. But we're gonna start off first with what would you do? And this came out in August 1991 again. If you remember, that was when Rugrats came out and when Doug came out and a whole other bunch of shows, actually. So uh, it's 91 where the um, the 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 scrolls were allowed to. That's coming up. That's coming up. (laughs) Hold your horses. Hold your horses. We, you know, this is for new listeners as well because you know we're getting new listeners all the time. We really, really are. I, I and. We're getting new listeners and they probably don't know this inside joke about 1991 and August and September. They're like, what the hell are you talking about? I want everybody to be in on the joke. So everybody can be on the joke. And obviously if you're an OG listener and you know what happened in these months, then of course, chime in. Tell us about Oatsy, the uh, ice sculpture and the Dead Sea Scrolls and things of that nature. But yeah, we'll... uh, we may get into that in a little bit, but yeah, August 1991 and some of the things happening in the world. The first ever website, info.cern.ch, is created by Tim Berners-Lee. The Warsaw radio mast in Poland collapses and the tower remains the tallest structure ever built until the Burj Khalifa was completed in 2009. You'll like this one, Paul. The first ever appearance of Steve Coogan's character, Alan Partridge, takes place during BBC Radio 4 show on the hour. Oh, by the uh-huh. way, did you see did you see a clip of Richard Madley on Good Morning Britain? He was talking about um Shamima Begum and you know all those kids that ran off to join ISIS and then he started comparing it to Hitler youth. And it was just the most partridge thing in the world and he got Su- Susanna Reid like looking at him like what are you talking about you idiot and he's just like going off on one but the the fact that he was just talking about it and then saying oh it's kind of like a hitler youth and you got Susanna reed just like staring blankly into the abyss <laughs> like get me the hell away from this guy and this it was just yeah the most accidental partridge you're gonna see on on television but yeah that was that that was that and i thought uh you like would, that. I'm definitely going to look that up in a minute. Double Impact was in the cinemas and Set Adrift on Memory Bliss by PM Dawn was in the charts. 
Also, on, on a music note, um, I was listening to uh, Greatest Hits Radio and um, uh, Maggie May came on. They've improved, right? I mean, I don't know because I have turned it off a few a few days in a row. But yeah, I mean, wow. they, they have played some belters. I just had Cool and the Gang get down on it. Just played. So I ain't complaining. If y'all playing Cool and the Gang, y'all playing Izzy Brothers, y'all playing Earth, Wind and Fire. Okay, like, they've improved. They really have improved. Maybe it's like, because it's a new radio station and they're getting licensing from all these bunch of different songs. And, I did and, hear that Simon Mayo, they mentioned Simon Mayo. Is he one of their DJs as well? I I don't know. Simon Mayo. Woo, that's a blast from the past, isn't it? I mean, I used to listen to his show on a, I think it was after serious jocking on a, on BBC Radio 2 on a Friday. And uh, yeah, was it was, um, I can't remember the name of the show, but anyway, it was great. Uh, he said, I love the Simon Mayo show. Simon Mayo, damn, I ain't heard that name in how many years? 90s, probably. And uh, yeah, right, let's uh, get right into this uh, show. What would you do? So this yeah, it was a TV show hosted by Mark Summers on Nickelodeon. And Robin Morella was the on-camera stagehand for the show's first season. And they actually, both of them, Summers and Morella, they were also on Double Dare. And the show was produced in Nickelodeon Studios in Florida and some of it in the Universal Studios in Hollywood. And during each show, the audience viewed a previously taped segment or stock film featuring children or families or others put in unusual situations. And the tape was stopped before the outcome. And Summers would ask the audience to vote on whether what they would do in the same situation or what the outcome would be. After the results were tallied, the outcome was played. Special guests, usually performers from other Universal Studio attractions, appeared on What Would You Do and picked audience members to perform gross, silly or extraordinary stunts. Stunts could involve handling animals, playing a very messy version of Twister barefoot, painting, dancing or creating sound effects. The segments, so there was one called Anything You Can Do, and these contests ranged from who could finish a glass of milk the fastest to seeing who could inflate and pop a balloon the fastest. The end result of these contests would be the winner having the opportunity to smash a whipped cream pie in the face of the loser. And this type of contest, this type of contest often pitted a child against his or her parent. What would you do medley? So at the end of each episode in the first season, it featured a what would you do medley where certain audience members and Summers had index cards attached to their forehead Usually any special guest on the show would also participate in the medley. Each card had a different stunt, such as hidden talent, peanut butter jumping jacks, eat a Twinkie with gravy, lick food off your feet and between your toes, food volcano, or put your feet in worms slash dog food listed on it. Wallow stuff. So this was a wall of numbered doors, each hide, each containing a hidden prize or a surprise. And each audience member was assigned a number. If their number was drawn from a lottery machine, that participant would receive a token to open one of the 20 doors. Some of the doors had what would you do merchandise such as a t-shirt or a gym bag. Now the cream pie was central to the show's premise and was frequently doled out as punishment for anything. Whenever audience members were picked to perform a stunt, they were often given the option to either perform it or go to one of several pie contraptions. Alternatively, failure to complete a stunt could also send someone to one of those devices. There was the pie pod, which was the most used and popular pie device on the show. And this contraption could launch up to four whipped cream pies at one audience member. And they were set up in a hydraulic chair and covered with a clear plastic tarp, leaving their head exposed, then to the chair, which resembled the barber's chair, on an antique style dentist chair would be pumped up until the participant's head was aligned with a target behind them. And by far the messiest, an audience member was sent, this is the pie slide. So an audience member would be sent to the top of the playground slide, which ended up in a large vat filled with hundreds of gallons of whipped cream and red beach ball made to look like a cherry. The pie pendulum. So a family would be selected with one family member being strapped to a long board with their face hanging over the side. The participant was asked five questions about another family member 
with each incorrect answer resulting in the other participating family member turning a crank which lowered the victim's face toward a large pie then there was pie in the sky and pie roulette so robin morella actually left the show in 1993 due to according to summers a disagreement over pay but continued to work with summers on double dare instead of a permanent replacement a kid from the audience was picked to be co-host for the day for the remainder of the series' run, expanding on the show's audience participation theme. Co-hosts assisted Mark by providing pies and other props for the games and stunts, and also participated in the wall of stuff by operating the lottery by which audience members earned participation. When this outlived its usefulness, because the kids were often very shy, a chimpanzee named Corey was brought on stage to hand Summer's props and supply primate-related jokes through the voiceover acting. So what they're basically saying was we could train a chimp and they'll be much better than you silly little kids. Yeah, we're fed up with these kids. They're useless and, they, and, they're, and, they're, and they're too shy. They keep looking at their feet instead of looking at the camera. So I tell you what, we'll just get a monkey and we'll just get him to do it. Yeah, I, th- I think that's exactly what happened. Or, or like, they were like, oh, we could train a chimp to do it better than these kids. And then there was like, <laughs> light bulb. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine getting clearance to have a monkey do a show now in 2021? Yeah, that, that could literally bite a child's face off if it went rogue. I don't think monkeys... It's rare, isn't it, when monkeys go rogue? It is, but they do... like They're, they're vicious when they do No, but go. when they do... No, I'm saying when they go in, yeah, they go in. They, they, they don't leave no stone unturned. I get that. But I'm saying it's rare, isn't it? I, I mean, it's pretty rare. I mean, I've not heard of many chimpanzee attacks, to be fair. Right, what would you do? Let's talk about this show. Um, so this, the first one I watched was like something about like hypnosis and stuff like that. And it involved a lot of play acting by, um, by the kids and the, aud- and the uh, participants. I didn't like that. Why not? Why have it if they've got to pretend to be hypnotized? It's part of the game. It's the gimmick. Yeah, but it's boring. It, for me, it wasn't good, man. Like, I mean... Um, and I didn't. I, th- I thought the concept of having a pie smash in the face as a reward was weird. Yeah, and they were like, "Oh, I want the pie! I want the pie! Give me the pie right in the face!" Is that? Yeah, um, I thought that was weird. Uh, I have to give it props to the um, presenter and en- presenter energy. Like that was incredible. Like bouncing around the studio. Yeah, I, I found the the, the 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 concept quite strange. To be honest, it was a bit like. I'm going to get a pie in the face anyway and have to do loads of weird things to get there. I, I, anyway, I found it strange, but it's, you know, some, some at points fun to watch, but yeah, it was, it was a very peculiar concept. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I would uh, agree with that. Yeah, it was, it was, you know, I don't know what it is like, no offense, America, but I'm not sure you guys are good at kids game shows. <laughs> uh, I don't think y'all are good at this. I'm, I mean, this wasn't bad. This wasn't as bad as Off the Wall. I'll give you that. Yeah. That sucked. But, I mean, this 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 didn't suck, but it was very close to sucking. And yeah. I mean, it I was just... like, the clothes were quite 90s and the set design was quite 90s. It definitely reminded me of a 90s kind of... Again, it was a, it was a people in the 90s were weird yeah. kind of show. In not just here in this country, in, in America too. People just, oh, do you want to dance around and look like a mug on national television? Sure, I'll do it. Hey, okay. Are you going to make yourself look like a prat on, 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 on TV? But no, this, yeah, this, this show was very, like you said, the concept, I don't, I don't know if they like really hone in on one thing. Because obviously you have the, the thing that they're doing in the studio then you have to go to outside, whatever the hell's going on outside. Then you have to try and tie it into what's inside. Yeah. And then they try hmm. to bring that all together. And I don't know, it just it just didn't it didn't make sense. If I was a exec producer and someone's pitching me this show, I'm like, okay, just explain explain this game show to me in in ten seconds. You couldn't explain this game show in ten seconds. It's not just a pie in the face. It's just this is happening, that's happening, that's happening, pie in the face. This is happening, this is happening, this is happening, pie in the face. This is happening, pie in the face. 
Yeah, and it's a lot of like waste. I mean, I don't want to get all like kind of preachy about it, but that's a lot of waste. Especially like the pie slide where you said you you read out a stat about like being like gallons of whipped cream just sitting there wasted. Yeah, it's like with a inside a contraption and you have to set up a hydraulic chair and that was definitely a barber's chair though. Like that wasn't they they kind of they built it up a little bit, um, but it was a barber's chair. Right. Shall we talk about the episodes we watched? Okay, so 1992, um, I don't know what order this is going to be, so any, any, any which way. So they have that pie launcher machine that you were talking about. Um, the girl wants to use it, but she has to convince someone to use it too, and then she's allowed. So, like, this is where I wrote, like, normally in the UK this is a punishment, but what she has to do is she has to go outside the studio, convince someone to, um, to do it, and then she's allowed to do it. Then they cut to the boy who wants to use it, but he has to identify his mother who has monster makeup on, like, uh, do you know, like special effects makeup? And then he does it. So it has a lineup, and his sister was in the lineup as well, and he manages to um, pick her out of the lineup, and then they both get the pie in the face. So this, the girl that goes outside does convince this, she, she managed to convince this bloke to do it, but he's kind of a weird guy who kind of like takes over the microphone. And then you tell me if the end bit's weird. I think it's a little bit weird. Um, so then they they do this they do this experiment where they they're like let's see if people will eat the leftovers of a celebrity and they go outside like uh, like a uh, Hollywood and they just like start like giving away the leftovers of a um, of celebrities. It's really weird. Loads of kids start eating them anyway. I found that really strange. And now back in the studio, the bloke comes in and. Um, they both get the pie machine, and that was the end of it. And obviously, and then they did the. Some bloke got sprayed with something seaweed at the end. Yeah, uh, that was an idiot. So, so the second, sorry, the first but second one I'm going to talk about um, was like a what would you do if you were brave? Uh, the pie. There's a boy who wants to slide down the pie slide, but he has to earn it, and he has to pick up what's ever in the box. Um, and it's like pig brains or fish heads and he gets to pick the fish heads one then he gets to go on the slide so this is what annoyed me that the sleep oh no this didn't annoy me so someone had to convince the kids to watch their sleeping grandfather who then gets up and uh, walks around and pretends to be sleepwalking uh, like goes into the women's washrooms and stuff like that and he gets up to all sorts of mischief and they've got to try and look after him then it goes back to the studio and there's a hypnotist and the kids are being hypnotized but it's all like real bad play acting then the adults do it and then they're all kind of acting like idiots really uh the last segments was a what would you do medley and the kids have to put their feet in dog food and the adult has to paint himself green um the first episode definitely did not sell this but the second episode that I watched, which was the first one I talked about, redeemed itself slightly. So, okay, so my one was, basically, it was all about follow the leader. That was kind of like the main theme. So it was just basically, and I literally made my notes going, just ba- finding crazy people to take part in this show. And yeah, they're all talking about the craziest thing they've ever done. And they have to pick people out of the audience. And they're basically doing a, a follow the leader dance or whatever the, the leader's doing. You have to follow him. And so they have to put like cream pies on their butts and they have to follow the leader. And then they're going to, and then they're all basically going outside and they're doing their own little dance. Meanwhile, in the studio, they're finding a person who's got an annoying older brother. And the little one's like, I'm, he's telling stories about how annoying his big brother is. And they're saying that you're allowed to pie one of your brothers if you can pick him out of a lineup. So they're all like in mutant costumes and and they have to kick him in the butt and he has to pick his brother out. And luckily, he manages to find his big brother, Tommy, and he picks him and so he gets to pie him in the face. And I like how they said to Tommy, oh, how do you feel? And Tommy's like, don't worry, I'll get even. <laughs> oh, that was the most big brother thing ever. I feel that. <laughs> and so Doug and some people they're dancing outside like I said they uh, follow the leader dance and they have to do all this kind of weird thing and so they're going back to the studio and Jason gets to play Final Fight 
inside the studio and it's like a video game and then the video game starts to talk to him and then they're saying that oh you have to vote would you talk to a um, video game if it talked back to you and 67% of the audience said that they would speak to a game if it spoke back and so they take it outside and so all the kids are like getting freaked out by it and they and the the game is saying Hey Jimmy, what is your name? Oh, oh, not not like hey Jimmy, what's your name? But like, oh, hey Jimmy, how you doing today? And they're like, how do you know my name? And some of these kids were really sensible because it's like, don't talk to strangers. They'd be like, do this, Jimmy, and he's like, uh, no, thank you, I'm going to go now. And so, and then some men just jump out and they look like Blues Brothers, and they're still dancing outside. And Lee is turning his friend. Brian and he's turning him into a one minute monster and he chooses to get pine in the end which was again weird and then little girl gets to be fed bird style by her mum and it was like a gummy worm again really odd and then Bridget has to lick her name in peanut butter and Ayara the dancing fools come back to the studio I mean yeah she just referred to him as that then it starts off, this is the next episode, I wrote Elvis for some weird reason. So a man with a big family comes out. One of them has to face the pieing squad and they choose their unlucky Uncle Howard, who's probably the typical uncle who's with the family, ain't got no kids or nothing like that. And they're like, we choose Uncle Howard to get pied. And then obviously Uncle Howard's like, hey, come on, come on. What are you guys doing? And they're like, uh, uh, no, 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 you getting pied. And then what else happens? And there's parents who are talking about forcing their kids to eat vegetables. And the parents are arguing that it's good for their kids. But little boy gets his own back on his mum by putting Brussels sprouts in his mum's face. And then he has to feed it to her. And then another boy gets to put asparagus in her mouth. And the other has to eat rocket. Then the presenter's son comes out. And he's forcing his dad to eat peas, even though he doesn't like it. And there was this thing, there was this talking to stranger segment, and this was actually pretty hilarious. So obviously it's, it's outside and a man's going to a lady, look, you need to talk to my girlfriend and you need to convince her that I'm sorry. Like, just tell her I'm sorry and I, I'm sorry. And so she, the lady goes to the, the, there's a lady on the other side of the, the theme park. She's saying, oh, there's a man over there. He says he's really sorry. And the lady's like, if he was really sorry, then he would pay five bucks for lunch. But he's a cheapskate. And then the girl just is like, you know what? Why are you with him? You shouldn't be with him. He's a jerk and all of this stuff. And then she goes back to the guy and he's like, oh, why don't you pay five bucks for lunch? And he's like, I'm broke. Okay, I'm sorry. I put my hands up. I haven't got any money uh, and all of this stuff. And then she's just like, he's such a loser. Like, why are you with him? And then he finds out that they took, he took the best friend to the movies as well. So, oh, well, you've got money to take your best friend, my best friend to the movie. And it's like, oh, well, she doesn't give me a hard time. She's, she's not like you. Always, always yapping, always talking. Nah, 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 nah. He's just basically saying, you have to shape up if you want to get back together. And then it reaches a point where the girl is saying to the other girl, look, here's a cup of water. Just throw it in his face. And so it stops there. And they're saying to the audience, do you think she's going to throw water at the guy's face? Do you think she's going to do it? I would have thrown I, I would have done it. What would you do? There we go. <laughs> and yeah, so 88% of the audience thinks she'll throw water at the dude. And then I think her name's Debbie. And she has to throw water at the dude. And guess what? She does. Absolutely throws the water in his face. And that was that one. And then you've got Elvis impressions. That's why I called it Elvis. So there's two kids in the audience. So you know, it's crazy, right? Because if you tell kids in the 90s, hey, do an Elvis impression. Everyone will go, hey, thank you very much. Uh-huh. And all this stuff. You ask a kid now in 2021 doing Elvis impression, he'd be like, who the hell's Elvis? <laughs> Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. You ask any kid now, do an Elvis impression, they'll be like, what the hell do you mean? Did I tell you about the um the time when I saw a, an Elvis impersonator? 
like a where did you thing. see an Elvis impersonator um I was at this um like I think it was uh, like a New Year's event or something like that and this guy was singing and he was like the more he sung so as the night went on he was kind of drinking a little bit and then he was started um kind of like making up the songs as he was going along and instead of she was on, always on my mind he was singing she was always on my case it was quite <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed that one. No, yeah, and then and then you kids are doing Elvis impressions, and now they they have to go outside, and you've got people doing um impressions, and obviously they were singing Hound Dog. You ain't nothing but a hound dog, rhyming all the time. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. And I think the last bit was the presenter being thrown about using the fire department equipment, and yeah, that's how that ep- episode ended. And that was what would you do? Okay, so uh, next up now is get your own back. And as we kind of alluded to before, this show came out in September 1991. And there's some of the things happening in the world. Svodolovsk's name is re- restored to its pre-communist era name, Yekaterinburg. And two days later, Leningrad is renamed St. Petersburg. To our many Russian listeners, if I've said the names wrong, I deeply, deeply apologize. You'd think by doing September 1991 a hundred times, I would know it already, but obviously I don't. The Republic of Macedonia becomes independent, beginning a name dispute with Greece. The Fisher King was in the cinemas, and I'm going to watch this film one day. And Jackie by Mark Ormond was in the charts. Right, get your own back. So this was a British children's television game show created by Brian Marshall. Each episode staged a contest between teams of children attempting to score as many points as possible and their respective adults attempting to make tasks as difficult as possible for their child contestants. Playing a variety of games, the winning child earns the right to get revenge on the adult by ejecting them into a tank of gunge. Adult contestants in this show are somewhat embarrassing for a variety of reasons to their child counterparts. It used to air on BBC One and on CBBC, and it was hosted by Dave Benson Phillips. Lisa Brockwell also helped present the final three series, and Peter Simon served as the role of voiceover in 1995. The show consisted of two teams, each comprising one child contestant, and a parent, relative, older sibling, teacher, celebrity, aged 16 to around 70. They didn't have a 70-year-old and get your own back. There was a dinner lady on, on one of the ones that I watched. Well, I doubt she was 70, though. I can't remember how old she was. I didn't really look. but um. Yeah, and in the child's eyes, they had committed some sort of crime and they want revenge. These crimes are usually trivial, such as singing badly, or asking the child to tidy their room. Dave and the audience always show bias against the adults by booing them as much as possible. Throughout every series, the final round was called the Gunk Dunk, where the losing adult was thrown into a pool of colourful, messy gunge. And a little bit about Dave Benson Phillips. So yeah, he's a British entertainer and children's TV presenter. He's best known for his work presenting Playhouse Disney and the fun song factory he became interested in show business while working as an usher at the polka children's theater in wimbledon and began his career as an entertainer by busking and performing at children's parties he subsequently went on to work for pontins as a blue coat and a children's uncle for haven holidays while working at haven a talent scout saw him perform and he was invited by bbc manchester to audition for play school his audition was successful the show was pulled out of production shortly after he had signed the contract. However, it was recommissioned as Play Bus, later renamed to Play Days. And yeah, he was one of, I remember he was one of the hosts on Play Days. And yes, that's a show that we have done on yesterday's Capers. If you go deep, deep, deep into our archives. That was ages ago, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, that's it's like a long time ago now. 2019 November time, I think. Was his, yeah. And in 1991, he was given his own show. The Get Your Own Back was actually nominated for a BAFTA in 1999. So, yeah, Get Your Own Back. 
I loved this when I was growing up, and I'm I'm thinking that this is one of the best children's game shows, like concept wise, that I can think of. To be honest, I most people you know that you talk to, like you know, kind of around our age and stuff like that, will know about this show. Um, it went on for an awful lot longer than I thought, and I did see the in some of the episodes that the um, the health and safety kind of improved. And one of them where I had to wear collars when they went into the um, thing. Obviously, they definitely had some whiplash claims. Um, we're getting into the um, uh, into the guns and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what a great thing for like a safe space for for a child to go to an adult and say like, right, I'm going to get my own back on you. Um, and then they have to earn it as well. You have to win all these games and you have to do all these things. And what I did like um, towards the in the latter series episode that I watched was. Um, where both parents are going to go to the guns, right? Uh, and then is whoever answers the most questions the quickest goes, uh, their, their parent goes into the guns. But the, the stuff you do is just gives you an advantage in the, in the final shootout. Because um, in the first one that I watched, it was kind of like a, whoever wins the games, their parent goes in. That was it. Yeah, I, I, I like this, this show. I don't know about you. I was like, oh, yeah. It was it's a league of its own, man. Like it's it's perfect thing presented perfectly by Dave Benson Phillips. Um, so much energy, uh, everyone's excited. I love the whole booing thing. It's just it make yeah it brings the energy up, and I I genuinely enjoyed watching this even today. He's an absolute natural. I thoroughly enjoyed watching Dave Benson Phillips doing his thing again. Yeah, I thought it was a really fun show. It was really fun, harmless. Like you said, it's a safe space for kids to uh, get their revenge, quote unquote, on their uh, on their parents. Yeah, it's wacky, goofy. I enjoyed watching it when I was growing up. Watching it again now, it was great. Dave Benson Phillips is someone who definitely, definitely deserves his uh, flowers and. That's what we want to do, man. So please reach out to us so we can give you your flowers and you can be here to 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 smell them. Obviously, yeah, the the 90s people may have been weird, but I don't know. It it wasn't it didn't stick out too much. And yeah, it just did the whole show was good. Like I said, it didn't need Lisa Brockwell to be there with him. Even though she was great and I did I did like her. She was great. I mean, I didn't, yeah, it didn't really, like, I, I thought it definitely didn't take anything away from the show. I thought it was great having it both on there, just as it was for, for Dave Benson Phillips, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, let's talk about episodes we watched. Right, so I watched two episodes. And my, look, this ep- my notes are very s- small because um, there's not much to say about this, this, uh, this TV show. There's some games. They win the games. If they win enough games, their parent goes in the, in the gunge, right? Not much to say about it. But if you haven't seen this show, go and see it. That's all I'm going to say. Um, uh, right, so Jack is the little boy. Um, he's getting his own back on his dinner lady, Sue, who hides his food if she goes to a drink, never gives you seconds. And then if you have an argument, she puts the dishcloth in your face. So uh, Emma Pullman is getting her own back on Jill, her ice skating coach. Uh, she has to get up at 5 a.m. to go ice skating and... Uh, her coach shouts at her and then laughs when she falls over. Right, so tidy room game. Uh, you have to put the, the 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 stuff through the fence quicker than the parents can throw it back. Uh, Jack gets ninety, Emma gets ninety. Uh, the petal knockoff game where they're dressed up as a flower, and the the um, Jack and Emma have to fire these balls and, and smash the petals off. Jack gets fifty, Emma gets forty. Um, uh, squeal on a wheel is a revolving wheel game. Spins very fast. Um, they have to throw the, the the sticky balls at them. Jack gets sixty. Emma gets seventy. Wall ball knockdown game. Jack gets zero, but Emma gets thirty. Basketball net game is a double points game in which Jack gets sixty and Emma gets one hundred and forty. So there's three questions at the end where uh, Emma obviously won the, the the points game, and the first one was which comedy duo stars in Me to You. And oh. obviously that's Chuckle Brothers. Which band had a hit with Mbop Dunno Up You Go? I don't know what I've written there, to be honest. <laughs> you don't know Umbop? No. By Hansen. Oh yeah, I do. Okay, yeah. I do know that. But I was about to say Uh which rubber face star, in their words, stars in Liar Liar 
and obviously that's Jim Carrey. Um, and this is what I really liked about this this one. So she got the, all the questions right, right? And then Dave Benson Phillips just goes, "It's my show. I get to choose who goes in the drink uh, in the in the guns anyway." And he just pulls a lever anyway. <laughs> so even though she actually got all the questions right, and was supposed to get off of it. He just said, "It's my show. You're going in." And they win a clock and a jacket. I love the pri- The prizes are so rubbish <laughs> but the, you know oh like, no yeah the bomber jacket and what was it like a, a like a handmade watch yeah 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 get your own back yeah um anyway so next episode was emma brown and jonathan hodgett um emma's dad simon is a lazy dad uh jonathan's dad is boring and takes him <laughs> he's, he's, he takes him out on walks and stuff on the weekends and takes the fuses out of all the electronics so he can't play them um i thought it was a pro parent move uh, first game, get an egg. I don't know what the game is about because I can't remember. <laughs> I should have written more notes. Emma, 30. Jonathan, uh, 40. Second game is a football game where the parents have to wear these oversized gloves, oversized shoes, and jump around and try and save the football penalties. Jonathan uh, beats Emma, 80-60. Uh, third game was chocks away, uh, where the parent has to run in the plane, and um, the, the kid sits in the plane and tries to drop bombs, uh, which are little bean bags, onto the target. Um, Emma, uh, Emma loses 110 to Jonathan's 150. The fourth game was throwing a wobbly, which was a rubbish game because the kids had to run through the middle of the two parents and put these like things in the bucket, and the parents couldn't actually stop them from going. Emma beats Jonathan 110 to 100. Then the question shootout. So this is different now. So the par- both parents are, are sat in the seats ready to go in the gunge, but. Um, it's a question shootout. Whoever gets to the top first goes in. So it's a buzzer format. I didn't write down all the questions. Um, first was like, was neighbors, which country was neighbors set in? Um, and the next one was, and the Houses of Parliament contain, uh, has like the House of Laws and which other one? Emma gets that. And then basically all the questions go through and then Jonathan Dads goes in the junk. Junk. Uh, gunk. Gunge. 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 He goes in the gunge. Um, anyway, yeah. So Jonathan's dad goes in. Um, Emma's dad gets away with it, but um, yeah, I such an easy format to watch and works incredibly well. Yeah, I am gonna say I found this the easiest to watch out of the three by a mile. Like in terms of, I wasn't clock watching when I was watching Get Your Own Back. Yeah, and it's easy to watch. You don't have to make many no- make many notes. Uh, you could just watch it, enjoy it. Yeah, it's funny. It's it's great. Right, okay, so I watched an episode from 1997. So, yeah, Yellow Team is Robert and his dad, Bruce, from Birmingham. And he wants to get his own back because he forgot Aston Villa tickets. He was about to watch them play at Villa Park, but he couldn't because his dad forgot tickets. Then the blue team was Claire and Carol from Crawley. And Claire wants to get her own back on her mum because she makes her wear stupid costumes and makes her dress up all the time. And the mum's reason was she wants to be famous and I'm getting her used to like wearing dress up and clothes. And I was thinking, damn, ma, you got a valid point. That's a valid, like she wants to make her look all good and dress up and famous. And then the girls are, I don't want to be dressed up or whatever. I thought, yeah, that's a, a pretty valid reason. First round was called tidy up. So you basically have to throw stuff into the parent side and the parents have to throw it back. Claire wins that first round then the second round was called bounce back so you have to collect discs from the wall and you have to kind of put it on the the border between the parents so you have to collect on the wall and then make it stick onto the wall claire no sorry robert wins that one then there was squeal on the wheel so they're basically the parents are tied up on the target and you have to throw balls and you have to throw it to your corresponding color Claire wins that by a long shot, I wrote. Then there was Feeding Frenzy. So you have to feed the baby. And the the, the parents are allowed to run backwards and forwards and do whatever. So you just have to keep throwing it onto the thing. Then it was Chicken and Egg Game. So you have to take the golden eggs from the chicken and you have to put it into your hatch. Robert won that game, but he was so far behind. So it was Carol who had to eat guns. So there wasn't no like quiz, as you were saying in night seven, which is basically, yeah, whoever got the most points gets to put their uh, adult into the gunge. 
And then the other episode I watched was from 2004. It was uh, Max and Eugene from the Yellows. And Max wanted to get his own back on his dad, Eugene, because he's always cheating. Laura is cheating in games, whether it's cards, whether it's whatever. And he's always coming home and watching racing instead of letting Max watch cartoons after school. I like how they're saying, oh, he has to tune in and watch CBBC. Actually, yeah, to be fair, in 2004, CITV wasn't worth its uh, grain of salt. So uh, <laughs> I don't blame them for saying that. I don't blame them. Yeah, CBBC was the only game in town by then. And do you think he saw us or do you think he saw us in the first round? So you have to collect prehistoric eggs without the parents not knowing. Max wins that one. Then you have to feed the bird. Both Max and Laura get the same points. Barry broomsticks. So you have to get these toy frogs and you have to throw them into cauldrons while the parents are spinning around. They both get 100 points for this one. Goo-hoo was the next round and the parents have to convince the audience why they shouldn't be the one to be gunged. The audience split their vote for who to be gunged, so there's no real definitive winner. Polar Explorer was the next game. So you have to grab fish and put them into a basket. Laura won that game. And then the gunk dung, as you were saying, the parents have to ask all these questions. I didn't I didn't write these questions down. The only one I remember was who's the lead singer of Wet Wet Wet? Uh no idea. Marty Pello. Actually, I'm not even going to remember that. That's worse. Don't you remember Love Is All Around? Yeah. That was sung by the Trogs first, though. God, that song was number one forever. And I'm sure when Love Actually came out, it must have gone back to number one again, I swear. Christmas is all around <laughs> us. It's yeah. everywhere you go. I love that so much. <laughs> Probably. But yeah. I'll tell you one song that definitely did well out of Love Actually was the Mariah Carey All I Want for Christmas. Oh, yeah, right at the end. I mean, that's, do you know what? That bit with the drums and stuff like that with a kid, like, that's cracking bit. You know what? To be fair to Mariah, I actually, you know what? I've become a fan of Mariah Carey. I think she's great. I love her and her diva ways. But she was getting the vaccine and she was doing the whole falsetto. I I thought that was all great. Do your thing. This is, you know, the, the whole diva gimmick. I love it. Do your thing, Mariah. And, um, I, and now that she's making some serious coin every time that song is played, Loads of I'm bunch. thinking, get paid, Black Queen. Get paid. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind a few quid as well, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> she's magic. Every time that song... And you know, they they pay that song to death during Christmas. So uh... Yeah, it's quite rare for like a modern song to actually make it as a, like a proper legit Christmas song, isn't it? Well, that song obviously came out way back when. Anyway... And maybe it didn't. It didn't. It didn't. No, it's her song. Oh yeah, yeah. No, but what I'm talking about is even like from like from a time ago, right? No, but like the song. I think back then it may have not have been as popular as it is now. It's like a, a rite of passage. Once you hear Mariah, I think she she even does a thing every like I think towards November December. She will say, "I'm Mariah Carey, and now Christmas is open." And then you play the song. Right, Mariah Carey and the and the, the Coca Cola advert. So she decides when it's Christmas or when the Christmas holiday begins. It's 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 all down to Mariah. Where, whenever Mariah says it, that's a pretty good accolade, isn't it? I like that. I don't, I don't mind. Like I said, Black Queen. She's a Black Queen. You know what? Do your thing, Mariah. You are. You've deserved this legendary status and uh, everything that goes with it. And, yeah, by the end, I think it's Eugene who ends up getting gunged because um, Max manages to claw back and answer questions at the end. And, yeah, that was Get Your Own Back. Any last thoughts? I don't feel like writing about this show is, does it justice. Um, I, and it's really tough because, you know, it's quite a lot to say about this, some of the bits and pieces that are going on in the other shows and stuff like that. But, honestly, guys, just watch this show. I, it's part of my childhood. Uh, m- most of the people that are similar age to myself at work and uh, wherever I go will 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 remember this this show fondly. I think this was definitely one of the most iconic shows. Whoops, 
Uh, this was definitely one of the most iconic shows growing up. I, uh, hands down, this is one of the ones that you watched. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 for sure. This was like TVBC. Definitely watch it. He's got Dave Benson Phillips. He was like one of the few black faces in my childhood growing up on TV. Yeah, and and he was like amazing as well. Yeah, seeing like, him doing your thing. I'm like, get it, King. Do your thing, King. This is, you own this. You're one of the most iconic. When people talk about Pat Sharp and, and Neil Buchanan, like, y'all better put Dave Benson Phillips up there with them with those guys. Legends though they are, and I ain't taking nothing away from Pat Sharp and Neil Buchanan, etc., etc. Like y'all are legends to this day, even. But it's like Dave Benson Phillips is too. You better give brother respect, man. Agreed. Finally, we're talking about Your On, and this was a program that came out in August 1998, and some of the things happening in the world. An annual solar eclipse was visible in Sumatra, Borneo, and the Pacific. Countries and territories that I hope one day will listen to yesterday's capers. And the moon was 10.6 days past perigee and 5.2 days before apogee. Palestine Liberation Organization and Palestinian National Authority President Yasser Arafat arrives in Cape Town on his first state visit to South Africa at the invitation of President Nelson Mandela in the Monica Lewinsky scandal, a tape testimony leads US President Bill Clinton to admit to an improper relationship with the intern. And on the same day, he reveals to the public that he misled people about the nature of the relationship. Blade was in the cinemas. And uh, To the Moon and Back by Savage Garden was in the charts. Yeah, it's one of those songs where you're singing along to it before you realise what you're singing along to. <laughs> <laughs> good song, good band. Shout out to Savage Garden, wherever you may be. So you're on now. So this was an American TV show that was on Nickelodeon. The show had a similar premise to Candid Camera. However, to adopt the format better for a children's game show, you're on featured youth contestants trying to convince the passerby to complete a series of predetermined tasks while unknowingly on camera. The show was taped in Soundstage 18 of Nickelodeon Studios in Florida and was hosted by Phil Moore. The remote hosts for Your On were Vivian Collins and Travis White. These two briefed the kids on their task, congratulating them when all three tasks were completed or let them know time was up. Two kid contestants on a remote location worked together to complete three tasks, each with a common theme. The task involved convincing a passerby to do silly things like kissing a fish or playing hopscotch with one kid riding piggyback on them. The kids had 10 minutes to do this. Performing all three tasks won a prize such as a Nintendo 64, snowboards or camping equipment. Failing won a smaller prize, usually a gift certificate. The contestants would could get anyone to do the first task, but for safety reasons, the second and third task had to be done by an adult. Three games like this were played. The later two games had a feature called the runaround, played in the studio. Six people, for, six people, two from each section of the audience, were called down. And after they saw the three tasks the kids had to perform, they had to guess how many tasks they thought the kids would complete. Getting it right won a prize. And in the first runaround, all six players were kids. In the second, it was three kids and three adults who were somehow related to the kids. And at the end of each show, one of the adult runaround losers and their kid were called to the center of the stage. There, Moore and the kid did gross things to them, such as pouring slime on them, asking them questions with a messy penalty for a wrong answer delivered by the kid, or getting them to stomp on large balloons to make grape juice. The messy things Moore did to the adults were based on at least one of the tasks from earlier in the show, usually tasks that were not completed. And on the final episode, the tables were turned on Moore. And before Moore could call anyone to the center stage, Collins and White suddenly walked in from backstage. They, along with Moore's own son, David, proceeded to slime him with a variety of substances. On another episode, Moore called all three adults center stage and had them bob for apples in a bowl of jello or jelly, 
and whipped cream blindfolded with the kids giving them instructions. So, you're on. This show took a little while to grow on me. But I think the format worked really well. Like they're kind of like a little bit in studio, you know, go outside, do your thing. And then, you know, kind of back in the studio for a little while and then back out. I quite like that. I think it worked really well. And I'm sure we spoke about it before, but Nickelodeon give the best prizes, man. I know. N64. N64 back in the day. Don't forget that was like, that was Nintendo's last decent console, I think. The one that was like, you know, competing with the big boys. But even a gift certificate doesn't sound that bad either. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it'd be like, yeah, well, I mean, I'll take this. Like, I saw one was like $100 one for Foot Locker. Um, oh, what? $100 uh, like gift certificate that, for Foot Locker. Back then, it could probably carry you a long, long way. 100 quid Foot Locker. Nowadays, that's the cost of one trainer. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, so, but this show, I think the format worked really well. I thought the presenters were really good. Although I found it really weird where you get a bunch of kids to go and talk to a load of strangers, I still think it worked quite well. And, 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 and I mean, I'm not sure how hidden the hidden cameras were because some people, are, you know, were given kind of side eye to the camera every now and then. But I, yeah, I think this, I think the format worked. I think it was, it, I think it was pretty good, to be honest. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. It, it, it was, it was a grower. It, it, it took me a, a second to, uh, to get into this and to actually sit down and watch it. Initially, I did find it difficult to watch and I was clock watching a little bit. But no, it was, it was very interesting. It's very take part. I'm, I'm, I was fascinated to see if they would get the adults to do some of them. Obviously, we'll talk about the episodes. We'll uh, see. But no, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was there really. It wasn't, it wasn't amazing. It wasn't horrible. But yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was fine. I think there was only two episodes, wasn't there, available to watch. Right. So um, there's like, uh, I, I didn't write anything about the studio segments because the studio segments were literally just like, do you think they're going to win? Michael and Jeff have to do, um, uh, to get people to, one, reenact the, 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 I don't know, something address that. Um, oh, it's Abe, the. Um, uh, Gettysburg address. It was the uh, Abe Lincoln, the yeah, Gettysburg, four score and 20 years ago and what have you. They had to get someone to do that. Then strike a pose. Someone has to strike a pose as the Statue of Liberty and then read a speech. And then someone had the Boston Tea Party, which is my personal favorite, where they had to put someone to, to put on a poncho and then they just like dash tea bags at them. Um, uh, anyway, so first, first one, they managed to get an English guy to do it. And I was like, props to this guy. Next one was a woman just just does it and then this other guy props to him he just like says yeah well, okay fair enough and then like they just dashed back at this guy um uh, i'm not like i said i'm not sure how hidden the hidden cameras are but thingy next segment was they have to get someone to blow water like a whale from like a snorkel and uh, someone else to hog honk horns like a sea lion and then the other one was, I didn't write the prizes down. I didn't write the prizes down. Uh, and one was um, do an impression of a fish out of water and they can't get someone to do that one. But they do get this um, a man to do the whale and another man to do the honk like a sea uh, horn, sea lion thing. Um, so the next one was, um, they have to, it's called the Booger Boys. And they have to get someone to sign up to the Booger Boy fan club. And this, a man does it. They have to get someone to do the big Booger Boys dance. And, a, and another man does it and this is where it get, like this was um was quite cool where they had to get this guy to reach into this slimy old bag and pull out a prize at the bottom and this guy in a like businessman suit kind of wearing shirt guy just puts his hands straight in there gets it i was like oh there could have been anything in there but fair dues uh then they're back to the studio this guy gets covered in loads of stuff that's what i wrote about that one but um yeah i mean i did kind of enjoy the challenges on this one um thought it worked worked pretty well right okay so uh the other episode then so yeah the first thing was the rolls and rolls challenge with dj and evan so they have to the first thing they have to get people to do is wrap their head with toilet paper they have to wear a toilet paper helmet and they have to put on a toilet paper suit so they managed to get one guy to wear the toilet paper helmet and they find someone to do the toilet paper suit and i believe that they found someone to um wrap them around with toilet paper oh they find yeah the one that goes into the paddle pool 
Ashley and Lisa are doing the fashion one. So what they have to do is that they have to put on, they have to get someone to put on a roach watch. You have to wear roach earrings and you have to wear a tarantula necklace. Which was alive. It was alive as well. Yeah, but obviously they're like, they kept saying, it won't come out. It won't come out. It won't come out. Yeah, I wouldn't be taking that risk. And back in the studio, Chris and Andy, Samantha and Timothy and Heather and Lauren are playing along with the game. They managed to get someone wearing the roach watch. They get someone wearing a roach earring and someone wearing the tarantula necklace. Then there was a musical lesson challenge with B and Susanna or Bo and Susanna. You have to get someone to play a little armpit music. So, do 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 do. You know, nobody does that anymore, and rightfully so. I think it's been ebbed. I think it's been ebbed away from society. Yeah, but you know what else has as well? And I was having this conversation at work with somebody else because this guy was uh, was adjusting his tie for ages, and I was like, "Why didn't someone just go there and give him a peanut?" Do you remember peanuts when you're at school? Peanuts. Yeah, do you know, like, um, when you go up and you pull on the end of someone's tie really hard, yeah. it makes the knot go really small so you can't undo it. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we used to do that sometimes in school. Yeah, like, back when you were, like, year seven. Um, is that is that what it's called? Peanuts? Peanut, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they kind of just made me try. It actually had a name. Yeah. Um, okay, so, and then they have to uh, put on a hat with recorders and they have to play with their nose. One man band and have to play bass drum with your tushy. And they only managed to, surprisingly, they only do one of the tasks, which I think was the hat with the recorders with the nose, because nobody else was doing any of the other stuff. And the band director, David, ends up being wrapped in toilet paper and sprayed with water. And that was that episode. So we have to now choose between the shows. I'll rank from three down to one. Right, so three down to one. First of all, three was what would you do for me? Purely on a format problem. I didn't get it. didn't understand. I think I obviously I got it, but I just didn't think the format was particularly successful. Euron was definitely a more, you know, I'm interested to see if people are going to be this, you know, this daft on television. And then the head and shoulders above the rest was obviously get your own back. Like, amazing show. Okay, so number three, I'm going to say you're on, even though I didn't think it was that bad. I did like how one of the guys was like, oh, I want a picture of my um, necklace. So he was just going, oh, you want me to take the picture? Yeah, 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 sure, go on, then I'll do it. What do you want me to do, huh? What do you want me to do? <laughs> yeah, he was NYPD, and he's like, yeah, right. what do you want me to do, huh? What do you want me to do, huh, kid? You want me to take a picture with tarantula, huh? Did you see in the background as well, he was like, you know, shaking yeah. his Polaroid. <laughs> with the Polaroid, yeah, and he's like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job, kid. Good job. Good job. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I did like that about your own. And then number two was what would you do? Because I liked how the guy, the 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 one of the one of the girls, like chucked water at the guy because he was being a, a cheating rat. And obviously, yeah, number one, I'm I'm always going to vote for the British show anyway. But I can do it, and it's the best, so I don't have to feel too bad about that. But yeah, get your own back was. Comfortably the best show out of the uh, out of the shows today, and yeah, it was it was just great watching it again and watching Dave Benson Phillips. And like I said before, please reach out, reach out, man, because we want to give you your flowers. And we're gonna bring it to an end now. And I can't, I couldn't help but notice we had a, a massive upsurge of listeners from Germany, like it's. The numbers from Germany was insane over the last week or so. So uh, many, many thanks to uh, listeners in Germany. Dankeschön. You guys are you guys are the best, man. Uh, and obviously, it's not just one person because it was it 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 went over the threshold of how many episodes we've done in total. Oh, nice. I mean, I'm a massive like Sebastian Vettel's my uh, my guy in Formula One, so. I mean, I'm, I'm 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 supporting the Germans. Come on. Yes, uh, good, good, good stuff, man. And 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 yeah, obviously, if you're around the world and you're listening, we appreciate each and every one of you. But it was just the Germany thing that that just caught my eye, and I was like, okay, damn, I've got I've got to shout the Germans, man. Big up to the Germans for 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 for, for listening, and we appreciate 
each and every one of you who are downloading and obviously all all around the world too y'all are listening like i said before taiwan we've had a, a few downloads from there as well so shout out to to listeners in 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 taiwan big up to you and 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 all of your countrymen and women so yeah massive respect and uh, yesterday's capers is available wherever you get your podcast from so turn on the notifications so that you can download all the new episodes as and when they are available where but yeah whatever podcast platform you use please go on there download it if there's a comment section on there please write comments and write some nice things down and obviously germany listeners if there's any programs in germany that you guys watched growing up that you feel that we can cover then please let us know and if it's available to watch then we'd be more than happy to uh, sit down and cover some of your childhood faves and you can follow us on the socials we're available on instagram it's uh, yesterday's capers one on twitter it's yesterday capers youtube it's youtube.com forward slash yesterday's capers facebook is facebook.com forward slash yesterday's capers you can find me on the socials i am abdullah underscore molim on instagram and abdullah molim all one word on twitter give me a follow give me a shout and like i said let me know if there's anything we can do that we're not doing and join us next time for another episode of yesterday's capers <laughs>